Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Praise the Lord. Uh, many years ago, um, uh, there was a, a minister, uh, actually functioning officer prophet. His name is Dick Mills. I don't know if any of you ever knew him. He's, uh, he's I don't know, I think he passed away now, but he's, uh, uh, he's travel around and wear kind of a sport coat, pants, sport pants, and, and then he wore tennis shoes. And then he would prophesy to people and give them scriptures. Anybody ever hear him anywhere? I mean, he'd give, that's what he'd prophesy. He said he'd call somebody out. So uh, he gave me um, several scriptures, and uh, we were going through a difficult time, so he gave me um, Psalm 6612. Y'all know Psalm 6612? Uh, Psalm 6612, he gave that to me, and it was very prophetic that uh, we went through fire and we went through water, and men rode over our heads, but God, you brought us out into a wealthy place. So when he gave me that scripture, man, I, I wrote that down, and I'd really never noticed it before. I'm sure I'd read it, but when he gave it to me, it became pretty personal that we were going through fire difficult time and uh, water and people were riding on our heads, but God brought us out to a wealthy place. Amen. Well, we just kept saying it, you know, God's bringing us out to a wealthy place. Uh, other translation says a large place with great abundance. I believe God can bring you out of a little place and People riding on your head, come on, and you're going through fire and water, and God just bring you out to a wealthy place, and a large place, amen, where you, that means you got too much money, hallelujah, you're too blessed, your house is too big, you got too many trucks, hallelujah, you got too many shoes, got too many clothes, praise the Lord, amen, amen. <laughs> That's a wealthy place, amen. Praise the Lord. So then he gave me another scripture, is, uh, what is it, Isaiah 61, 7. Do you have your Bible there? Open my Bible. It said, Isaiah 61, 7, he gave me that scripture. I'd really never noticed it. This was about, wow, this might have been 35 years ago or something like that. 35 years ago. So I never noticed Isaiah 61, 7. You have it in the King James Version. Um, and uh, I don't know, you, did you put it up there? No. Anyway, did you find it, Trump? See, y'all got all them computers and stuff, and you can't find nothing on it. Just open the Bible. Let me thank God for the book. Say, I got the book, man. Praise the Lord. People fool around in computers. So uh, Isaiah 61, verse 12. Oh, yeah, it's big letters. I need that. Praise the Lord. I don't really need glasses. Poor lighting in here. But uh, anyway, he gave this to me. Wow, look at there. Uh, Isaiah 61, 7, in the King James Version, what does it say? It says, for your shame, actually other translation says, instead of your shame, or because you, of your shame. He says, now you're going to have double, because you went through confusion, now you're going to rejoice in your portion. God's bringing you out to a new portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double they shall possess the double, and everlasting joy shall be unto them. So he gave us that scripture at that time uh, the church or ministry was kind of stuck at a certain level. And uh, so he said, we, we will possess the double. 
Other translations say, and, uh, because you had double trouble, now I'm going to give you double blessing. Uh, other translations say, I'm going to give you double honor. Wow. In other words, you had double shame. Now I'm going to give you double honor. Amen. And so I, I really got happy over that scripture. And, uh, but the Lord said to me, did you notice what it said there? It said, you shall possess the double. He said, it won't happen if you don't possess it. He said, you'll have to possess it. In other words, you got the scripture. Now you have to possess it. So the Lord will give me a few keys to possessing the double. Tell me, how am I going to possess the double, get from where I'm at to double? There is a, a double anointing. Amen. Elisha said, I want a double. You know, Elijah didn't get mad about that. He just said, here's the conditions. If you want it, here's what you have to do, and you'll get a double measure, double anointing. I mean, believe that God could bring you a double measure of anointing. Double anointing. Amen. Double anointing. Amen. Double joy. That means you actually could be twice as happy this year as you were last year. Is that possible? I see some of you. It is possible. You could be twice as happy. Double joy. Amen. Double blessing. Double finances. Come on. Double harvest. Come on. The church could double. Come on. Your church double. Your your ministry double. Some people say, well, I want more than double. Then just double once, then double again. I've already doubled several times since I got that scripture. Whole ministry doubled, then it doubled again, then it doubled again. Yay. Praise the Lord. And it looked impossible. It looked like we kind of had a, we were kind of stuck where we're at. But he said, because you struggle, he said, but now I'm going to give you double. So I asked the Lord, how am I going to possess the double? So he just gave me a few keys, and I want you just to write them down on how to possess the double. This is really not the message for tonight. This is the hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> how do you possess the double? Number one, he said, you've got to believe that it is possible. You know, you can't just think, well, that, how could that ever happen? I mean, how could that happen to me? I'm pretty much, I don't even see how it could happen. He said, you have to believe, number one, double is possible. The second thing he said is you need to start declaring double. In other words, Jesus said, you have what you say, so you need to say something about it. I declare double, a double measure of finances, a double measure of wealth, a double measure of blessing. I even declared a double measure of revelation knowledge. Amen. See things and know things that I didn't see before. Amen. Well, that's what ignites your faith. Double. Amen. So start declaring it. Say it. He said, the next thing is you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost and you will start to see double. You know, people that are drunk always see double. You know, I don't know if you, if you watch cowboy shows or not, but when I watched one time, this guy was drunk and this guy was shouting to a gunfight and he said, uh, he said, yes, I am drunk and I do see two of you and I'm fixing to kill both of you. So, <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. In other words, when you're drunk, you start to see double. 
Uh, in other words, you get drunk or filled with the Holy Ghost and you start to have vision, start seeing yourself with double. Come on, see your, come on, the blessing of the Lord doubling in your life. Amen. Double. Everybody say double. So you get filled with the Holy Spirit and then you, your vision, you have a vision for double. Right? The next thing the Lord said to me is you need to... Uh, start to sow double. So I've had different occasions, maybe not every time, but different occasions where I was planning to give a certain amount and the Lord would say to me, why don't you double that? It kind of all started from Kenneth E. Hagin from going to his camp meetings and stuff because we would give and then the, the Raymond night, Thursday night, he'd say, whatever you've been given, just double it. And so, so I thought, man. So I started doing that. I started doing it $500. And I'd give 500. Then he'd say, I'm double it. I said, well, I'm going to give 1,000. Did it stretch? Oh, yeah. It stretched me from my comfort zone. <laughs> Are y'all still here? But once I left the $500 comfort zone, just a few years, I brought 50,000. Wonder where that came from. Because I sure didn't have it when I was given 500. And then he got up and said double, so I gave 100,000. Wonder where that came from. Because when I, <laughs> well, you understand, it, it looked just as impossible to me as it did to anybody else. And so sometimes people say, well, you know, that works for you because you're a preacher. And I always say, well, come up here and let me ordain you. <laughs> and you show me how it works. There's a lot of preachers it don't work for. Because God didn't say I'm giving seed to the preacher. He said, I give seed to the sower. Are y'all still here? He said, I, in other words, God's got a, a profile of a sower. And he's got a file of who the sowers are. They, you would call them the people that he can trust to give when it's time to give. And you're in that file. I said, Lord, I want to be in that file. I want to be somebody that you can trust that'll give when it's time to give. Amen. He gives seed to the sower. Amen. The Lord told me, if you get addicted to giving, I will support your habit. In other words, God gives seed to the sower. In other words, you'll have money you wouldn't have had because God is financing your giving. Amen. And sometimes you want to give beyond $100 or $200. Amen. You say, Lord, I'd sure like to give a certain amount of money. You said you'd give seed to the sower. So right now in the name of Jesus, Satan, I command you to take your hands off my money. I claim $1,000 I'll be able to sow. Go angels and cause the money to come in. And when that money comes in, I'll be quick to give it. If you'll take authority over your giving, you'll be able to take authority over your receiving. All right, let's try that one more time. I said, if you'll take authority over your giving, in other words, the devil will challenge you and say, you can't afford to give whatever it is. Maybe $50, maybe $100. He'll say, you can't afford to give that. Amen. I say, in the name of Jesus. Dad Hagen taught us this. 
He said he was praying for money, you know, when he first started out traveling. And he said he was three months behind on his house, on his rent, on his house. He said, and his car was worn out. And he said his kids were not properly clothed. And he said, Lord, he said, I'm doing what you told me to do. And I'm three months behind. You know, we're broke. My kids are not properly fed or clothed. He said, and I'm doing what you told me to do. And the Lord gave him that scripture. And he said, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. One translation says, if you be willing and obedient, you'll have the best that the earth yields. He said, well, Lord, I'm being obedient. He said, yeah, but you're not willing. In other words, it don't take you long to get willing if you're going broke. You say, okay, Lord, I'm getting willing right now. In other words, I'm adjusting my attitude. And Deuteronomy 28, it says, because you did not serve the Lord with gladness, you will not enjoy his best blessings. He said, well, I'm serving the Lord. He said, but because you didn't serve him with gladness. Let's see if we can get somebody happening in here right now. Listen, if you're going to be here anyhow, you love Jesus, you're going to be in, you're serving the Lord anyhow, you might as well get happy about it. I'm, I'm going to serve the Lord with gladness. Come on, I'm happy to be in church. I'm happy to hear somebody preaching the word. Hallelujah. I'm happy to be praising and worshiping. I'm happy to see oh, oh so-and-so across there. I don't know who they are, but Lord, I'm happy to be here. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm not in the hospital. Come on. I'm glad I'm not in jail. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm saved, and so I'm getting happy right now. Serve the Lord with gladness. Praise the Lord. So what the Lord told me one time, he said, if you want that double, you do some double sewing, he said, but then you need to do the double dance. <laughs> now, that sounds funny, the double dance. What is a double dance? Well, it's kind of exactly what it sounds like. A double dance is, is, is uh, you rejoice. How would you act if you already had the thing that you're believing for? In other words, you ain't waiting until it all shows up in the bank account. You go ahead and start rejoicing like the harvest is on the way. The money will come. Come on. Harvest is on the way. You do a little double dance. Amen. Praise the Lord. Some of y'all can't dance, but you can scoot. In other words, Come on, don't grumble and complain about lack of money. Start dancing around and start saying this. Smith Wigglesworth, Wigglesworth said, you need to say, my father God always takes care of me in grand style. All right, let's try it one more time. Consider complaining. Come on, and you complain and whine, you're accusing God of child abuse. But if he's your father, what are you going to say? My father, God, always takes care of me in grand style. Are y'all still here? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity. I never lack for money. I never lack for money. I am a tither. I'm a sower. I'm a giver. I sow generously. I reap generously. Come on, my checking account is blessed. My savings account is blessed. Come on, my car is blessed. My truck is blessed. My house is blessed. Hallelujah. I live on blessed street. Amen. Everybody that drives by my house says, how in the world that preacher get that blessed place right there? The blessing of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow with it. Are y'all still with me? Let's say it together. 
The blessing of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow with it. That means what? I'm rich and I'm happy. You know, there's some people that are rich that they ain't happy. Matter of fact, there's probably just as many miserable people in the rich side of town as there is in the trailer parks. The money ain't going to make you happy. The blessing of the Lord. I said, the blessing of the Lord, it'll make me rich. What's the word rich mean? It don't mean everybody's going to have a Rolls Royce. You may not even want a Rolls Royce. I don't want one. I mean, I ain't going to drive through McDonald's in my town in a Rolls Royce. Listen, I don't, I've just got a real nice truck. Hallelujah. It's a really nice truck. So, so <laughs> the blessing of the Lord does what? Makes me rich. Adds no sorrow with it. Praise the Lord. That means I'm going to have double joy, double blessing. Come on. I'm going to do some double sowing, get out of my comfort zone, hallelujah. I'm going to do some double sowing, praise the Lord. And then I'm going to do like a double dance. I'm going to do a little double dance. That means, that, come on, I know it ain't pretty, but I wasn't trying to be pretty. Come on. Amen. I said it ain't pretty. I ain't trying to be pretty. That means I just dance. We don't have no classes on this. You don't have to wear your leotards. Come on, you don't have to look pretty, and you may not be able to dance, but you can at least scoot around in a circle. Just go, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Amen. If we just see some of y'all moving a little bit, we'd be impressed. I mean, y'all heard about that church that was so dead. It's a dead church. It's so dead that a, a guy actually died in church. And they, an ambulance came and carried out nine people before they got the right person. So that's, that's a dead church, man. The double, the double dance. Ha, ha, ha. Man, you, 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 you just take the double challenge, amen? Amen. You could take it at $10. That's where I started. Come on, I started $10, $20, $50. Then I went to 50000 Amen. Then Brother Copeland, we're on the Victory Network, so we went to the Victory Thon, and I brought $100,000. <laughs> brought 100000 Amen. <laughs> yes, sir, they're, they're glad to see you when you come in with $100,000. We're starting to like him better than we liked him before, so you come up with 100000 <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, a little bit. So... <laughs> Amen. So I was sitting there on that telephone thing, and I, I said, Lord, really, I was wanting to give double 100. I was wanting to give 200,000. Now, sitting there, I had my 100,000 ready, and, some, and my, my secretary texted me while I was sitting there and said, somebody just sent you $100,000. I went, I've got my 200,000 right now, so I'm giving 200,000. Oh, you come a long way, baby, from $50 and doubling to 100. Are y'all still here? Amen. You just start doubling a little bit, stretch a little bit. So you start doing what? Possessing the double. Come on, you can't just sit around and just say, well, the Lord said. I said, no, tell me how to possess that. I want it in the bank. Come on, I don't just want it in my mouth. I want it in the bank. Come on, you'll give more than you've ever given but you'll still have more than you've ever had. Let's try it one more time. I said, you'll give more than you've ever given, 
but you'll still look around and say, I got more than I've ever had in my whole life. But I've still given more than I've ever given. Ha, ha. Go ahead and practice that a little bit. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. And so the double, the double dance, amen, is you start rejoicing. Come on, like the harvest is coming in. The Lord gave Trina a word that said, money's moving, money's shaking, and strongholds are breaking. Listen, you ain't going to be given to the poor if you is poor. Come on, we go and preach in the poorest countries in the world, in Papua New Guinea and many African countries, but from Vietnam to, to uh, uh, Cambodia, around in that whole area, very, very poor people. We go in, come on, and we, we have books translated in their language, and it may cost us $50,000, $100,000. I even told the Lord, I said, Lord, I can't afford that. The Lord said, I can't. I said, well, let's do it then. Are y'all still here? <laughs> Amen. How many believe God can? All right, let's try it again. You say, I can't afford that. But how many believe God can? Let's try it one more time. Come on, quit saying, I can't afford that. Start saying, but my Father God can. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. My dad taught us this growing up as kids. If we wanted something and my dad really could not afford it, but we wanted something, but really was out of his financial range. He never said, who you think you are anyway? You can't get another, we live here and that's the way we live and you can't have that. My daddy never said that to us. You know what he said to us? He said, now I personally am not able to do that for you now, but God is able. So let's pray about it. Woo man, I'd be about 10, 11, 12 years old. I'd start praying about it. And me and daddy, I said, let's pray. And God would open that door up. Praise the Lord. How many believe God's bigger? Your daddy, your father is greater than all. And he can, he can afford it. Amen. Come on. So quit looking at things and talking about what you can't afford. Come on. When you see something that, you know, it's about, you just start saying, my father, God can Come on. It may take me a little while to get there, but I'm on my way. Hallelujah. God is able to make all grace abound towards me. I have all sufficiency. Let's try it again. God is able to make all grace abound. Praise the Lord. And there's something about being a giver that the Bible says it's more blessed. It's more blessed. I found out something about givers because I hang out with some really big givers. Big givers. I mean, it took me years, but when I started changing my thinking and my talking, we finally had a million dollar day in the last year. Last year, a million dollar day. We were just believing God for a million month, and we started having a million dollar day. You know, lay hands on your head. I mean, I had to lay hands on my own head. I went, there is a God, and I'm not him. All right, now here, if you hang out with givers, givers think different and talk different. Y'all still with me here? Givers' best friends are givers. 
All right, we're going to try this out. In other words, in other words, a giver's best friend is never someone who hangs around to see what they can get. All right, let's try this out over here. I said a giver's best friend is never someone who hangs around just to see what they can get. Because you realize, come on, there's some sort of thing going on. They're just trying to get something from you. Ah, uh, y'all still here? A giver's best friend is a giver. And if God is the biggest giver, guess who his best friends are? All right, let's try that. I said, imagine who God's best friends are. Now, come on. God loves a cheerful, hilarious giver whose heart is in his giving. God loves that. And you get close to God, and your generosity will access his generosity. Go ahead and just laugh for a few minutes. I Come on, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, amen, to, to break us out because, come on, I, I was talking double years ago, amen, but now I'm talking double right now, 2023, from where you are right now. Is that possible to double from where you're at? Woo, come on, I'm possessing double, amen, so to possess the double, amen. I wish I could tell you that there's another way to do this without the given part. Wouldn't that be nice if I say, you don't have to give nothing, just shout about it. But if you read 2 Corinthians 8 and go to 2 Corinthians 9, if you're going to access this kind of grace, there's several things involved, but none of them are without sowing. In other words, you can't bypass the sowing part at whatever level you're at. In other words, you ain't going to get it some other way. You say, I'm going to get it another way, yeah? Show me how that's working for you. In other words, I can tell you what works because I had to sow my way. Listen now, on purpose. Listen close. I heard Brother Copeland say this about Oral Roberts. He said, when I met Oral Roberts, he said, I saw a man who knew how to use his faith on purpose. Let's try this out over here. In other words, he said all robbers knew how to use his faith on purpose. He would actually use his faith like a tool. Are y'all still here? How many like to go ahead and use your faith on purpose? Come on and do some sewing. The Lord said, your sowing will determine where you're going. Woo! <laughs> Go ahead and laugh for a minute. I don't want y'all to get nervous. This is not the sermon. This is the order, right? So, <laughs> praise the Lord. Amen. What are we talking about? Possessing double. Come on, my house, twice as big as it was when I started possessing the devil. Don't you want to have a house too big that you can't even holler and find your wife in there? Your house is so big. Come on, remember, how many remember when you had a little house and you just holler? They just right over there. They ain't that far away. You just holler. 
And, but the Lord gives you double, and you say, I can't even reach him hollering. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give me a couple people work for me to go find her in the house. Go find my wife. In <laughs> Come on, God will bless you so much. He'll use you as advertisement of how well he treats his kids. All right, let's try it one more time. I said, God will bless you so much, he'll use you as advertisement of how well he treats his children. Let's try it one more time. God will bless you so much, he'll use you as what? Advertisement of how well he treats his children. Come on. My burns are filled with plenty. Come on. Your bank accounts are filled with plenty. You can't even put all your money in one bank anymore. You got to start using other banks for the FDIC to take care of. <laughs> then, then you got people gossiping about you. <laughs> Woo! Woo! talking about you. One guy, we live, we live a little bit out in the country, and well, we got some of the property and got a big barn, several barns, and we got a big barn. And so this one guy, he said, he said, do you park your jet in that barn? I said, brother, no. I said, to park a jet, you need a runway. And I don't have a runway so I can park a jet in my backyard. He thought I parked it in the barn. Then, then I got one of them antique uh, gas pumps. I mean, y'all see those antique gas pumps, you know, the way they used to look? And I put it out in front of that barn. He said, and you got your own gas station, don't you? I said, no, I, I got that's an antique gas pump. <laughs> I mean, I want the heathens start talking about you. Come on, the blessing of the Lord makes you rich, adds no sorrow with it. Amen. And said the Philistines actually envied them. They envied them. God will bless you so much that people say, what in the world? How come you're so blessed? And you say what? It is the blessing of the Lord. Woo! Yay! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! All right, let me, let me finish this possessing double for you real quickly here. This is just a little extra sermon for you. Amen? So to possess the double... There's a sewing, do some stretching. Come on, comfort. You leave your comfort zone. Amen. Sewing, farming usually makes you sweat. So you've never really stretched and you're giving until you sweat a little bit. You're like, oh, my hands are just sweating. Come on. <laughs> Did you ever have your hands start to sweat? See, she's, he's laughing because she don't know how much he's sweating. He's like, He's like, he's like, what have I done? <laughs> this woman wants to give and give and give. I said, well, she's like my wife. I guess they're good friends. That's what I could get. Amen. <laughs> you sweat just a little bit. Amen. Uh oh. We have Trina, Trina actually was, uh, spent a lot of her life in Burlington, Colorado. Burlington's, you know, not really Colorado. It's just really Kansas just over the border, right? It's just like, if you think you got to Colorado and you go through Burlington and say, I don't think I'm there yet. So you come into Burlington, 
How many ever been through Burlington, Colorado? I-70, come on, come in. Headed west, and you come over into Burlington, and you're like, uh, this, that's, this is a disaster, man, this place. <laughs> the wind blows, come on. Yeah. Oh. The only way to make any money, there's farming, or they have these cattle yards. So it stinks, and then it's dusty all the time. <laughs> Amen. Right? So I went there from Texas. I had to get Trent out. Uh, I had to actually help her escape from Burlington, Colorado. <laughs> but Burlington is such a small town. They had a beauty contest and nobody won. So I'm just telling you, it's a small town in Burlington, Colorado. <laughs> So there's a lot of, there's people, you know, the, the dust blows. So, you know, people have allergies, you know, their nose is stopped up all the time. So you got like a bunch of mouth breathers, you know. <laughs> they kind of look like normal people until you realize they never close their mouth. They're like, kind of look like a big mouth bass, you know, they're kind of Man, you need surgery or something to open that thing up. <laughs> when you go to bed with those things that football players wear, you know, trying to get your nose. <laughs> Mouth breathers. So, there's a lot of things in Burlington I pick on my wife about because I know exactly what buttons to push to make her mad. You know, that's kind of <laughs> so. So, if I really want to get her, I say, yeah, that's, that's your Burlington thinking coming out there. So they had two restaurants in town, and whichever one you went to, you wish you'd gone to the other one. So <laughs> you're like, well, I thought we'd gone to Fred's, and I'll come over here. We should have gone to the other one. Uh, but Trina's dad, he's almost 90 years old now. He's, he's watching on, he's watching, look at it. Trina's dad, Brother Beerman, he, he lives in Buena Vista at the top of a mountain, and he's almost 90 years old. And so he said he was going to watch tonight, so I dedicated that segment to Brother Beerman. But, but Dad Beerman, he's probably laughing. <laughs> he probably took his false teeth out and started laughing. Brother Beerman, put them back in there, you know. <laughs> Trina's mama following me around the house, say, Bill, Bill, put your teeth in, put your teeth in. <laughs> Don't y'all laugh. You know what you have to look forward to in a few years. <laughs> put your teeth in. If you make it to 90, right? Put your teeth in. <laughs> no place like Burlington, but you need to stop there. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Her dad built a tremendous, great church in Burlington. Great, great church. And uh, great ministry. I think maybe 50 pastors came out of Dad Beerman's church in Burlington and preach all over the world and pastor all over the world. 50 of them. Out of a little town. Did you know God said he'll bless you in the city and in the country? How many believe God could bless you in the country? Man, God can bless you wherever you're at. Amen? So they got a bunch of farmers, you know, farmers in the church. You know, the farmers, I mean, th these farmers, 
<laughs> now, 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 Pastor Lawson, let's talk about Pastor Lawson here for a minute. Tell us about it, Pastor. She's going to grab the mic now, so he's gonna, he has to defend himself. Next to Kit Carson, and I bought the feedlot that used to be shut down right next to the, I lived there's a football field here, and there was a feedlot over here on the north side of it, and I bought this Kit lot Carson. over here, so I bought this feedlot, and then we used to grind hay to feed wow. the cows, and it would make the whole town, it'd blow, blow dirt, I'd, he's telling you the truth, wow. I mean, it'd blow dirt. Kit Carson. And they didn't, when we went there, they had three restaurants, but last year they didn't have none. But one of my. F they don't have no restaurant there now. No, but they opened up the one. I had a, I had a, when we went there, we had this lady. Her name's Faith Shepherd. Rachel's here. Is she here? Yeah. Yeah, Rachel's here. But Faith Shepherd, Faith right. Shepherd. Anybody grew up Kit Carson, raise your hand. So she had a restaurant huh? right oh, next to she town. Had a she was. Hey. No, not Rachel. Faith. Faith, huh? Uh, Faye went home to be a Jesus about 100 years old. <laughs> she ran that restaurant until she died, and then they didn't have a restaurant in town. Yeah. But when we went there, Faye said she'd been waiting like 20 years for a Pentecostal church to come. And she gave us a manila envelope full of money. And she'd been saving her tips for like wow. five years wow. to help build a church. And so wow. she helped us build this church. And so she'd been saving her tips for the five oh. years, but she'd been running there. But, you know, we, we were the preacher that lived next to town in Grand Hay and wow. covered the whole town with dirt. But anyway, some, uh, one of my best friends and my, one of my mentors went home with Jesus, but uh, one of his sons just bought her restaurant. And, wow. and, and then she had a little hotel, and they're opening it back up. So they're going to have a place to eat. They didn't have a place to buy a hot dog. They don't even have a grocery store. We had a three-hour grocery store, smaller than our youth room, but they closed the grocery store. I went there last year. You couldn't buy a hot dog. You couldn't wow. buy nothing. It was tough. Yeah, well, well let anyway. me tell you this. So, so have, how many of y'all have ever eaten with Pastor Lawson? <laughs> All right, let me tell you about eat, eat with Pastor Lawson <laughs> because he, he loves to eat, and he ain't going to stop eating. But he ain't going to stop talking neither. <laughs> so you get to have seafood every time you eat with him because you see all the food. He's, right there, he's, like, he's talking and eating, and then he spits some of it out on you. <laughs> you're, sit, you're sitting there. He's talking and eating, and, and something hits you in the eye. <laughs> I think as a part of that tortilla <laughs> and, and it's particles, right? And so, so I'm kind of dodging and blinking, you know, like that. <laughs> so all this is happening, food's flying. And then Pastor Lawson, he looked at me and said, uh, Mark, he said, you got a little something right there. <laughs> so Barbara spoke and said, shut up, Lawson. You got food all over your face. <laughs> Yeah, food all over the place, man. He said, you got, you got a little something on you. I'll tell you, about, I'll tell you about going to eat with Mark. I took him to Applebee's one time. I said, it's two for 20, two entrees for 20. He said, okay, I'll get two. So he gets Two for 20. Yeah. And then oh, I took him one share. time to this soup and salad. He was going to get soup and salad. I thought, I'm going to get out of here cheap. 
Then he got an iced tea. Then he got a Pepsi. Then he got green beans. <laughs> he had all these sides. It cost me $35 for soup and salad. This was a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, he, he's left, he left one French fry, and now he's down to like two for 20. So. But I always eat some of his food. Yeah. yeah Just like I, I do everybody that I love. I ate some of yours. So. Yeah, he ate some of mine today. I ate generous. some of his. I ate some of Jesse DePlantis' when I'm with him. Yeah. You know I love you if I eat off your plate. Wow. I've been doing that since I've been like two. Yeah. All right, I love you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I've totally lost my train of thought, but anyhow. So, <laughs> but it was fun, anyhow. So, so we're talking about possessing the devil. <laughs> possessing the devil. Are y'all still with me here? Possessing the devil. So you have these farmers in Burlington, farmers, church full of farmers, you know. How many of y'all ever seen a happy farmer? It's, it's a miracle if you see a happy farmer because either it ain't raining, we ain't got no rain, ain't got no rain, or then it rained at the wrong time. I don't know, it rained right when we were supposed to get a crop. Uh, then it rained too much and washed the whole town away. And then we didn't have no rain. Come on, then the grasshoppers came out. Then here come the hail. Here's the hail. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> yeah. That's what I call giving. I call it farming money. All right, let's try it one more time. I call giving, you know, sowing, farming money. Did you know you could get good at farming money? You put it into good ground. Uh-huh. And you get a multiplication. Let's try it one more time. I said you get a multiplication. <laughs> Amen. So, so one of the farmers there, uh, Brother Gary, Brother Beverly, you still watching? Send your daughter a text or something. Don't call her. So, uh, send Trent a text. Are you talking? Talking about your book. All right. My book. Oh, I have my book. It's back there. Uh, how to. Oh, how to receive God's extravagant generosity. Oh, yeah, it's back there. I forgot I had that book. Huh? Oh, it's got a chapter called Farming Money. Anyway, you say, you think money grows on trees. It does if you plant it, you know. Anyway, so one of the farmers there, uh, Gary Peterson, he's a friend of ours. He, he might be watching. Hey, man, send an offering, Gary, if you're watching, please. I mean, what? So Gary, <laughs> Gary, I was preaching at their church, and he said, uh, he said he was just speaking at the local high school, and he asked the kids, what's the most important piece of equipment on the farm? The most important piece of equipment on a farm. So I thought, well, I would, how am I supposed to guess that? Anyway, so he answered and said, the most important piece of equipment is the planter. The planter, he said, because if the planter is not working, you know there will be no harvest. He said, matter of fact, the way they have the planters work nowadays is they have them like, you know, and they work off of satellite. 
And so the way they work now is they can plant thousands of acres. And he said, and if your planter ever stops working in, in uh, maybe a 10 acres plot or something like that, he said, if your planter stops working, that'll be a 10 acre area where you'll have no harvest. And if you ever wonder what happened in that 10 acres, you know your planter stopped working. Are y'all still with me here? <laughs> so he said, the, far, the, the banks are so serious about your equipment working. And the planter is an expensive piece of equipment. He said, if the planter breaks, the bank will loan you money for either a new planter or to fix up. Because there can be no harvest if there's no planting. Woo! That means you have to take your planting serious and act like God takes it serious and act like God even paying attention while you're sowing. Amen? Because your seed has a return address. The seed is guaranteed. You don't have to worry about somebody else getting your harvest. Let's try it again. In other words, you don't have to say, wow, I sowed generously and my neighbor must have got my harvest. I know I didn't get it, you know. No, it's impossible to sow generously and reap sparingly. God is very meticulous in his bookkeeping. He is not unrighteous to forget your labor and your generosity. He never forgets it. Come on. It may look like there's a delay, but God never forgets your serving and your generosity and your giving. He never forgets it. Matter of fact, even after your funeral, your children and grandchildren will still be reaping a harvest off of your generosity. How's the planter working? Man, I got to keep that planter fixed, amen? I want to keep that planter working. And so when it comes to the harvest, here's one thing that Dad Hagen said, because we're talking about what? Possessing double. We're talking about what? Possessing double. All right, a double what? Double measure of wealth, but also double joy, amen? Double anointing double revelation knowledge, amen, a double, a double measure of souls and disciples that are coming in. So we're declaring double, amen. We're expecting double. We're rejoicing over double, amen. And so Dad Hagen said, he told the Lord, I'm doing what you told me to do, but, but you know, I'm not enjoying your blessing. So the Lord, he, so he was crying out to God, said, God, I need some money. He said, God, I need some money. How many of you ever told the Lord you need some money? Don't lie. So you say, Lord, I don't need no more prayer. I need some money. <laughs> I have a lot of times people say, I'm going to be praying for you. Say, forget the praying. Send me some money. I'll pray for myself. So <laughs> I don't mean that, but it has crossed my mind. So yeah. <laughs> so I'm praying for you. Yeah. All right. So. So the sowing part, amen. So what about the harvest? So he said, he is crying out to God and said, God, I need some what? I need some money. I have an old preacher friend. He said one time, Jesus prayed in the garden of get some money. I said, no, it's Gethsemane. Anyway, so. 
People say, well, money's not the most important thing. No, it is not, unless you don't have none. <laughs> if you don't have none, you're like, ooh, it's getting pretty important. Well, 2,000 scriptures on money. I said 2,000, only 500 on prayer. Well, I could be preaching on prayer, and y'all go, that was very spiritual. But you got 2,000 on money and your relationship to money in the Bible. So with Dad Hagen, he said, the Lord told him, don't ever pray about money like that. Lord, I need some money. The Lord said, because I don't have no money up here. He said, I'm not a counterfeiter. We ain't printing none up here. And I don't rain no money down from here. He said, the money you need is in the earth. He said, and I'm not the one keeping it from you. All right, let's try it one more time. He said, the money you need or the, the resources you need is already in the earth. Amen. He said, and I'm not the one keeping it from you. He said, actually, Satan will try to attack you in the area of your finances to hinder you financially. He'll try to block your money. And so he said, the Lord told him, here's what you have to do about your finances. Number one is you'll have to exercise your authority. So he said, you have to say, I claim and say how much you claim. So I started off preaching in Colorado and I heard Dad Hagen say it. So I would say, I claim $400 a week. That's what he said to do. That wasn't the top, but that was kind of a stretch. I claimed $400 a week and I was preaching in that town uh, where Kenny Davis is, where, where town? Lamar, yeah, for Kenny Davis. So I was preaching for him, and uh, I, I claimed $400 a week. So Kenny Davis said, how much money do you need a week? And I said, uh, well, we don't require any certain amount of money. He said, no, I just kind of want to know. I said, no, we don't require nothing. Would you just take up an offering after I preach, and whatever comes in will be fine. And he said, well, how much? I said, well, we need about $400 a week. And he said, oh, my God. He said, Lamar. He said, nobody here has ever gotten $400 a week. The most anybody here, is what he told me. He said, the most anybody ever gotten here, he said, was $100 a week. And usually it's about $75 a week is what you can get preaching here. And so, so, so we, lit, we stayed in the back Sunday school class with a bed that kind of goes like that. <laughs> True. I mean, really bad. It's like you get in a room. So me and Trenton became close, like we're just leaving in the Sunday school room, and we got two babies back there. Come on. And we forgot to change our clocks, you know, the time. And so when we woke up, they were already having class in the room right next to us, and we're like. All right, but I said, now y'all hear me, y'all hear me. I said, I claim $400 a week. And then Dad Hagen said, and say, Satan, I command you to take your hands off my money. All right, let's try this. I'm just listening to Dad Hagen. He said, that's what Jesus told him. So he said, and if you don't use your authority, then you won't get the best results. We're talking about what? Possessing double. I claim $400 a week. Satan, I command you to take your hands off my money. Go. He said, then say, go angels, ministering spirits, and cause the money to come. 
Go angels, ministry prayers, cause the money to come. And then he said, say, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. All right, I'm going to try this one more time. Say, I don't know what you need to say, but that's what I had to say. So after being at Kenny Davis's Sunday through Wednesday, he come in looking at me after the last night service. He goes, oh, my God, you have $400 in the offering come in. I said, you know, I claimed $400. He said, would you stay through the next Sunday? I said, well, if I do, that'll be another $400 because you're taking up two Sundays, which is really two weeks. He went, oh my God, that's impossible. So I preached through the next Sunday. At the end, he gave me $850. He didn't know there's that money in all of Lamar, Colorado. Let me tell you this. Come on, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It does not belong to the devil. It doesn't belong to the devil's kids. Come on, when God made Adam, he said, let me tell you where the gold is. I'm going to tell you where the wealth is. Come on, that's his man. Y'all still with me? So that worked so well, guess what I did? I said, I claim $800 a week. <laughs> oh, it's really funny because the places I preached it was impossible I mean the pastor's like no nah, no nah, that don't ever happen because it is it's victim to because if you don't have no faith so as dad Hagen said the Lord told him never talk lack because if you talk lack or whine about the complain or complain about money, it actually keeps money from coming to you. Well, let's try it one more time. Now, I'm just listening to my spiritual father, Dad Hayden. I mean, he teaches on faith for 65 years. So he said that's what the Lord told him. Don't talk lack. Don't complain about the lack of money. He said if you whine, <laughs> if you whine about the lack of money, it will actually keep money from coming. So he said, never whine about the lack of money. Always say the money will come. Come on, no matter what you're facing, don't complain about the lack of money. Just say, the money will come. All right, let's practice. The money will come. Come on, my, our kids grew up and they're on their way. They're fixing to go to college. Had two kids in college at the same time and no no savings, no college savings. And I didn't have Biden trying to pay everybody off. So, so I'm just saying... <laughs> I had to pay for my college and my kids' college. And if I have anything to do with it, you're going to pay for yours. Come on, we ain't paying for your college. You pay for your own. I paid for mine. And we got enough debt in America without paying for everybody's college. Oh, come on, we just owe $38 trillion or something like that. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You go get a job like I did and work at the cattle yard. Amen. <laughs> Pay for your own college and then you'll have, have more uh, confidence that you paid for. Because <laughs> when I, I went to college, my daddy said, there is a God and I'm not him. You know what that meant? I ain't going to give you no money. You go to college, you get a job and you get a loan and then you pay for it later. 
So 400 a week started coming in. Then I started saying I claim 800. To make this story a little bit shorter, <laughs> over years, not overnight, over years, I went to come, me and Trina agreed. Come on, I claim. Nobody's guaranteeing me this. I claim $1,000 a week. Satan, take hands off my money, go angels. Ministry spirits cost the money to come for the earth is the Lord, the fullness of You know what happened? Thousand a week started coming in. So you know what I said? I claimed 2,000 a week. Well, that started working so good that I said, I claim 3,000 a week. You know what the last thing we've been claiming? 200,000 a week. Where'd you start? 400. Now it's a 200,000 a week. That's every seven days. You say, where did that come from? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Come on. And we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Amen. You say, what do you plan on doing? Possessing doubles what I'm planning on doing. <laughs> Some people say, well, you ain't getting no money from me. I said, believe me, I ain't expecting it from you. In other words, my expectation is on God. Come on, I'm saying stuff and declaring before God that the money will come. Amen. First time I went out hunting for a, we were hunting for a coyote hunt in Arizona. First time I went coyote hunting, never been coyote hunting before. So you had to get up real early in the morning, put on a camo. So we put camo. And coyotes are really wily, you know, and so you got to be really camo. So we got camo, camo hat, camo net. You got camo shotgun, camo gloves, and then you put paint on your face. All that camo. So I, I said, Lord, and he said, where are you? I said, I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> Y'all just go ahead and laugh. I said, well, well, well. So I'm going out before the sun comes up. So this pastor that took me out coyote hunting, he's a pastor that he actually was a championship coyote caller. He was a champion. He had won competitions as a coyote caller. This is a guy with a little too much time on his hand. So he won. So he takes me out. I don't know how to call a coyote. So he starts telling me about you know, when the coyotes, so we went out, got it, sun's starting to come up, we got in the bush, we put a camo net around the bush. Come on, I got my shotgun, got my pistol. He said, the coyotes, they'll jump, they'll come in this bush so fast. He said, they'll be right in the middle of this bush. I said, let me tell you something. If a coyote comes in this bush, there's going to be some shooting. I encourage you to get down. Because they ain't going to find me dead and say he never got a shot off. Because there will be some shoot difficulty comes in. So we get in there, get wrapped up around here. Starts the sun, starts coming up. And so the pastor starts calling the coyote. Do you know how to call a coyote? You make a wounded rabbit sound. You can actually uh, Google this and it'll come up. Don't try it right now, please. But anyway, you can actually Google this and it'll show you how to make a coyote call, which is what? A wounded rabbit sound. Do you know what a wounded rabbit sounds like? 
It ain't pretty. It's, 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 it's a terrible sound. The rabbits, you know, they got hurt and wounded. And so, so, so he put his, he had this little thing he put in his mouth. And then he put his hands up like this. Sun's starting to come and he goes, So I started laughing, you know me. I'm like, there's a grown man, look like an idiot. So he, So the coyotes come on, however far they hear the wounded rabbit sound. And they come in for breakfast. They're going to eat that rabbit. So he kept making, and so I, I, didn't, I didn't see no coyotes. So I was sitting there in the bush. Sun's coming up. I'm like, Lord, this is a terrible waste of time. I mean, I'm tired. I got up early, and you know, I put all that junk on me. I said, if there's anything I could learn from this, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> so I'm in the bush, and the Lord said, anytime you're whining and complaining, you're sending out a wounded rabbit sound. And demons will hear that sound, and they come in to finish you off. He said, but there's another sound that you can make that will bring angels and will bring heaven into your provision in your life. He said, that's a sound of praise and a sound of victory. Come on, and a shout of praise, a shout of victory. If you'll start praising the Lord, that'll send out another sound. Come on now. And angels, come on. The angels said, I have come because of your word. Go, angels, and cause the money to come. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I am an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I sow generously. I reap generously. The money will come. I said the money will come. Praise the Lord. So that's possessing double. From this day, if you'll take Isaiah 61, 7 and say, I'm not just going to talk about that scripture. I'm going to possess double. I believe double revelation knowledge. God's going to show me things I've never seen before. That means my faith is going to act in new ways that's never acted before. Double. A breakthrough in revelation knowledge. Every breakthrough in faith comes from a breakthrough in Revelation knowledge. That's why the Ephesians 1 prayer, Father God, I'm asking you, let's try it again. Father God, I'm asking you, what are you asking God for? You're not even really asking him for money. You're, what you're doing is you have authority over money. What you're asking God for is, Father God, I'm asking you to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. Come on, the eyes of my heart flooded with light that I may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Man, man, come on now. Say. 
Come on, when the devil slaps you, slap him back, baby. Come on, slap him back, Satan. I remember years ago, I heard John Osteen tell this story. You taking notes? Yeah, she works for me. You better take notes. So, so, so John Osteen said there's a bully in the school. And that bully is walking around with a piece of paper and he is writing on that paper. That bully is writing on the paper. He's writing names on there. So one of his friends came over and said, what you doing? He said, I'm writing down the name of everybody in this school that I could whip. So his friend looked at him and said, hey, he said, you got my name on there. He said, you can't whip me. He said, okay, I'll take your name off. He said, took his off. Are y'all still here? Come on. Tell the devil to take your name off of his list of everybody he thinks he can whip. Come on now. You say, you take my name off that list. Come on. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Praise the Lord. The authority that you have as a believer. Come on. Let's try it again. There's tremendous power available to every believer. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be a non-prophet. You don't have to be a bishop. Come on now. <laughs> you just be a believer. How many of y'all like to act like a believer and talk like a believer? Praise the Lord. Amen. I claim. I know some of you say, well, I already got plenty of money. I don't need to do that. Well, go ahead and claim some so you can give more away. I said, go ahead and claim some. You'll be able to give more. I claim. Woo. You say, how's it going to come to me? That's not my business. It's my business to declare. I claim. Exercise my authority and say, Satan, take your hands off my money. Go angels, ministering spirits, and cause the money to come. For the earth is the Lord. Let's try that one more time. The earth is the Lord's. I said, the earth is the Lord's. Come on, when they came out of Egypt, he brought them out with joy. He brought them out with silver and gold. He brought them out healthy and strong. Not one of them was sick. And it says, and he gave them the land of the heathen. Come on, there's a heathen living on your land. But when you come out washed in the blood, you got a blood covenant. Amen. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness there. Go ahead and laugh for a minute. Say, ha, 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 Come on, what are you going to say? Come on, you're going to have what you say. What are you going to say? My Father God always takes care of me in grand style. Come on, I delight myself in the Lord. He gives me the desires of my heart. My Father God takes care of me in grand style. Come on, I drive the best, I wear the best, I eat the best, and I give the best. Glory to God. I'm a giver. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Woo. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on now, we're talking about the rest of this year. Come on, breaking out into new territory. Ha, ha, ha. Praise the Lord. That, that's, your, that's your hors d'oeuvre. What time is this program? This is a ministry, this service, whatever. Come on, it's Friday night. Y'all used to didn't even go out to the bar till, till this time. Isn't that right? You didn't even go out to the bar till after nine o'clock. And then you say, service need to be over by nine. We're all tired. Listen now, you, when you go out dancing, you didn't go out till after nine. Amen. The blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Coach Saban for Alabama. You don't like, you don't like Alabama? Where, where are you from? I'm from Tennessee, honey. Oh, well, Alabama beats Tennessee every year. Listen, so Alabama. <laughs> you know it's the truth. You know it's the truth. Uh, submit to your husband. Sit down there. <laughs> Tennessee beat Alabama this year, y'all. When? This past year. Where oh, was you? Oh, that's very I'm, rare. I'm waiting on it. I'm that's sorry. That's a miracle. It is a miracle. That's a sign and a wonder. You know, I spoke that. You did? By faith. Wow. You yes. need to keep okay, doing it because it ain't going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> so Coach Saban, here's what he said. Championship coach, how many times he's won the championship? I don't know how many times. Tennessee's won, uh, zero. So anyway, <laughs> Coach Saban said, he said, I didn't come up with all this. I learned all this from others. He said, and now I'm just waiting for the next person I'm going to learn something from. Yeah. Are you all still here? I didn't come up with none of this. I learned this from Kenneth E. Hagan, from Dad Hagan. Come on, teaching on faith and how the authority works. I didn't learn all this. I just listened to him. Whew. And I said, if he can do it, I can do it. Are y'all still here? If anybody can do it, you can do it. Amen? If anybody, it'll work in every area of your life. Living by faith. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody say, I'm living by faith. I'm possessing double. This year, I'm possessing double. A double measure, a double anointing, a double joy. I'm going to be twice as happy as I've ever been in my whole life. Come on, double joy. There's going to be joy in my house. Come on, I'm not going to let the devil steal my joy. I'm going to serve the Lord with gladness. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. And a double measure of wealth. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Now, here's what I'm fixing to do. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.